Very good. Last week, if you were with us, we began a new series of messages for the new year called One Another. We explored what the Bible says about being members of one another. We're all a body. We're all connected. We're all valuable. We're all treasured by the Lord, and we need each other. Today, we're going to continue that One Another series. Sooner or later, every one of us is going to face a rough place. We're going to be sadly disappointed. We're going to have sorrow. We're going to have bumps in the road. Somehow, the wind will be taken out of our sails for a while. Maybe you're feeling a little discouraged even this morning. It's during these times that we need someone to come alongside of us and lessen the load, smooth out the bumps, strengthen our faith, and cheer our sagging spirits. We call such a person an encourager. Paul was one of those. When he was on his way to Rome in Acts chapter 27 on a ship, and the wind had tossed that ship and they were about ready to sink, and all of the sailors and all the rest of the passengers were were getting ready to abandon ship, and they were so discouraged. And, And Paul called out and said, fear not, for I believe God. He encouraged them. I think of Moses, who was leading the children of Israel. He was so weighted down with a load of caring for all of these. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came alongside and encouraged Moses and gave him some advice. Jonathan strengthened David's hand in God. Ruth encouraged her mother-in-law, Naomi. Jesus encouraged the fishless disciples to, why don't you throw the the nets on the other side of the boat, and they caught. But one that stands out as, a, I would say, one of the greatest encouragers in the Bible is a man by the name of Barnabas. Barnabas was not his real name. His real name was Joseph, but he got a nickname. You ever get a nickname that just stuck? You'd kind of like to get rid of it? <laughs> well, Joseph had the nickname of Barnabas, and the reason they gave him because it meant son of encouragement. He was an encourager. As we look at his life, we're going to show how we too can be encouraging one another. Acts chapter 11 is where we're going to pick up his story. Acts 11, verses 19 to 30 this morning. I'm going to read those verses and then we'll comment on them. Acts 11, starting at verse 19. Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. And when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. When he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught the great many people. And when then disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. And on these days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. 
Then one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Let's pray. Father, we bow in your presence, and I pray that, Lord, as we study the life of this man, Barnabas, we would learn how we, too, can be sons of consolation, how we, too, can encourage and use that as a valuable ministry to lift up others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Barnabas, he was an encourager. He had the spirit of an encourager. As I look at the context here in Acts chapter 11, what had happened down in Judea, especially in Jerusalem, after Stephen, one of the, the early leaders of the church, was stoned, the Jews felt it kind of um, uh, open season on persecuting Christians. So they began to persecute the Christians in Judea, especially in Jerusalem. So what had happened, the Christian says, well, it's time to leave. So they left. Some went over to uh, Phoenicia, some went to Cyprus, and some even way up to Antioch, which was 300 miles from Jerusalem. Now, this was a very important city. In the Roman Empire, Rome, of course, was the biggest city, and then Alexandria in Egypt, but Antioch was the third largest city. It was a center of paganism. It was beautifully situation, situated on this Orontes River. It was a commercial center and had a large Jewish community. But in spite of all of that, it was a vile city with gross immorality and ritual prostitution as part of its temple worship. But the church at Antioch was destined to become the base of operations for Paul and his missionary journeys. So in verse 19 to 21, what had happened, a lot of the believers that went up there from Jerusalem and Judea, they had carried the gospel with them. Even though they had to leave town, they didn't leave uh, their faith behind with them. They preached the gospel, not just the preachers, but all of the, the citizens that left who knew the Lord, they began to share the gospel with the people in their newfound city of Antioch, and many people got saved, and they started the church there. We don't know who started it, but it wasn't Paul, and they got that church going. Well, they, they sensed that they needed something. So what they did is the people down in Jerusalem had heard that people were getting saved way up there in Antioch, so they said, well, we need to help them. So they looked around in the congregation, and they chose somebody who was going to be perfect for the job, and his name was Barnabas. So they sent him, and he packed up his belongings, and he went 300 miles up to Antioch. And the reason why is because he had the spirit of an encourager. And first characteristic of that is he was full of joy. Notice what it says in verse um, 26, and when he had found him, no, this is verse 23, when he came, he had seen the grace of God, he was glad. When Barnabas got into Antioch, 
He saw all of these new found faces, these new believers in Jesus Christ, and it just tickled him. He was so excited to see that God is not only able to save people down in Jerusalem, He's saving people way up here in Antioch. Even in this pagan city, people were getting saved, and His heart was so overjoyed. You know, that should be a characteristic of all of us who know the Lord. When we hear of people getting saved, it should stir our heart. <clears throat> it should help us to, to rejoice in that. I remember when I first moved here to Florida, I was crossing, crossing over the, the bridge from Punta Gorda to Port Charlotte. It was getting sunset, and I saw something over there that uh, was beautiful. It was a sunset. Now, you might laugh at that now, but up in Indiana, there's not too many sunsets. Well, the sun still sets, but you can't see it because of all the trees, you know? If you're from the Midwest, you know what I'm talking about, there's, unless there's a cornfield over there. But the corn is so high in Indiana, you can't see the sunset because, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to say that. Anyway. But you know, if you've been down in Florida very long, you kind of get used to it. Uh, just another sunset, uh, beautiful turquoise and orange and all of that together. And that, it just kind of... But you know, we should never get over the view of some, some people coming out of darkness into the light of Jesus. We should never get over of, of someone who has been pulled out from the destiny of hell to now they're going to heaven. It should always, and, and Barnabas was so glad when he saw that. He had the spirit of an encourager. The second part of this, he was full of the spirit. It says there in that, that verse of scripture, he was a good man full of the Holy Spirit. He was spirit-filled or spirit-controlled. He's not a carnal Christian. He loved the things of God more than anything else. And the church needed someone qualified. They didn't necessarily look for the one with the most education. They didn't look for the one with the most degrees. They looked for the guy that had the spirit controlling their life, sensitive to the Lord, direction, sensitive to the Lord, using His gifts to the best of His ability. He was full of the Spirit. He was also full of faith. What a group of new believers needed was a man who had a strong faith in God. How many of you have ever been on what is called a coon hunt? Second service, a woman was the first one to raise her hand. First service, Alberta Clark raised her hand. <laughs> I, I remember when I was 12 years old, I went on a coon hunt. That's up in Indiana. And uh, that, was, uh, that was fun. And the, the group of kids, teenagers and younger kids that were there were out, all boys and we didn't have an adult with us. I don't know why they trusted us with a shotgun or anything like that. It was a different age and a different day. But I do remember that the boy that was out in front, he had the privilege of holding the flashlight, you know, because you needed someone. It was pitch black. It was dark there walking through the woods. You could trip over something. You could shoot somebody. It's amazing they let us have a shotgun. I can't, can't believe that today. I wouldn't let my kids have a shotgun. Anyway, it was different. You know what I'm talking about. But the guy out in front had the light. Barnabas had the light faith in God. All those new believers could look to Him and learn from Him and be encouraged by Him. You know, it was so important to have that faith in God 
the light of our faith in God is so important because in this world of darkness, you're going to get lost unless you've got people who have full of faith. I wonder, do you have the spirit of an encourager? Do you have some, that joy in your heart? Because that's what new believers need. They don't need the sour pusses that a lot of us sometimes show on our faith. Oh, yes, I love Jesus. I, I know Him as my Savior, I've, and it doesn't do any different in your life. You need to have the joy, and encouragers have got to have that joy, and they have to be full of the Spirit and have a strong faith in God. Barnabas had that. Notice with me also the service of an encourager. Let's look at some of the things that he did when he got to Antioch. First of all, people were saved under his ministry. Verse 24, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Now, as you look at Barnabas, he was not primarily, he's never listed as an evangelist. That was not his primary gift. But he realized that he was called, as every believer is, called to be a witness. And we all must remember that our commission as gospel ambassadors, wherever we go, we need to share our faith. And many people got saved through the, the ministry of Barnabas. So people were saved under his ministry, but also people were strengthened under his ministry. Verse 23, when he came and seen the grace of God... He was glad, and notice what he did. He encouraged them all that with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. Remember the story of David and Jonathan in the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel. David was being persecuted by Saul. Saul was the king. Saul's son was Jonathan. Jonathan's natural would in consideration in secular ways, he should have been the next king. But Jonathan knew that God had appointed David to be the next king. And Saul was constantly trying to kill David. He hunted him. He threw spears at him. He tried to have him killed. But David was hiding away, just biding his time, waiting on the Lord to promote him to be the next king. In 1 Samuel 23, it says this, And David stayed in the strongholds in the wilderness. He remained in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph. Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hand. So David saw that Saul had come to seek his life, and David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a forest. Then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose, and he went to David in the woods. <clears throat> and then this is what it says, And strengthened his hand in God. Now, I don't know exactly what he did, but I'm sure that Jonathan was telling David, David, don't worry. God is going to protect you. All you need to do is just hang on. Hang on a little bit longer. God's going to get you to the place where you need to be. I know God is done with my father, Saul, and I know he's acting stupidly. I know he's acting under the influence of his own, but hey, you hang in there, you hide, and you keep going because I'm on your side, I'm behind you. He strengthened his grip on God. And folks, we need to be doing that too. We need to be used by the Lord to strengthen other people's faith in the Lord. We need to see that there's sometimes lonely seniors who've lost their spouse 
and they're all by themselves. Maybe their family is gone, and we, we need to be used by God to encourage them and strengthen them. Teenagers sometimes have to face things that I don't think we could handle if we would go back to public school today. They've got so much pressure from their peers and they're ungodly influenced by the, sometimes the education. We need to just give them a word of encouragement. I remember when I was a teenager in, in church, those words that I remember from other older folks in the church that, that smiled and put their hand on my shoulder and said, I'm so proud of you coming to church. I tell you, just give me encouragement. We need to do that to our young people as well. Busy mothers raising kids, hardworking fathers, those who have physical afflictions, those who have emotional discouragement, we need to be there for them and strengthen their grip on God. When was the last time you did that to someone? You might have that strength yourself, but you need to transfer it to someone else. Barnabas did. Another important aspect of an encourager is the selflessness of an encourager. Barnabas was selfless, first of all, with his possessions. Way back in Acts chapter 4, when Barnabas was in Jerusalem, <clears throat> there was a lot of poverty from those that had newly accepted the Lord. Many of them lost their jobs. In Acts chapter 4, <clears throat> verse 36 and 37, it says this about Barnabas. It says, and Joseph, that was his real name, remember, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. He was selfless with his possessions. He probably wasn't wealthy, but he just had some extra land. And he figured, there's people that can use this. So he sold that property, and he put it into the hands of the, the leaders of the church, and they distributed to the poor saints that were there in Jerusalem. An encourager thinks of others and their needs, and if he is able to help, he does what he can. More than just a pat on the back, more than just, I'll be praying for you. He does the work of the good Samaritan. And I think that we need to do that too. We need to be selfless with what the Lord has given to us. And it, sometimes it, it doesn't have to cost a lot. How much does a card in someone's mail cost? Maybe a, a word or a prayer, a phone call or even a text, a plate of cookies or a visit or give someone a ride or a gift of money. There's so many things that we can do and be selfless with our possessions and put them all. Paul says he was willing to spend and be spent. And sometimes that's where we need to be as well. Selfless with our possessions. But <clears throat> I want to point out something to you about Barnabas that a lot of people don't see. He was selfless with his position. In Acts chapter 11, the church in Jerusalem sent... Barnabas. Barnabas was a, a seasoned leader. He was a teacher of the Word of God. And he sent, and the church sent him up to Antioch. He, and he saw a lot of people get saved. And he was so excited about what God was doing there in Antioch. Now he, he makes a decision. He said, well, I'm encouraging them. There's people getting saved, but they need something else. They need 
Oh, I know who they need. Paul. I tell you what, I am going to go find Paul. So Barnabas packed his bags and he walked a hundred miles to find Paul who was up in Damascus and said, Paul, I tell you, you ought to come and see what God's doing here. Why don't you come down and help me there in Antioch? And they stayed together a year. Paul had tremendous gifts, different than the gifts of Barnabas. Paul could take the people at Antioch deeper. And Barnabas was not selfish with his ministry. He realized that the work belonged to God. As Paul would later write, I planted the Paulus water, God gave the increase. And I want you to notice some things about a transition that is happening here in these passages of Scripture. First of all, we see the name Barnabas listed first in chapter 11, verse 30. Read it. It says, This they also did and sent it by the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Again, in chapter 12, verse 25, And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem. Chapter 13, verse 2, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called to them. At the beginning of this team ministry, Barnabas was listed first. And I believe that Scripture doesn't do this by accident. I believe the reason is because Barnabas was the older, saved individual. He was the leader of the team. But as Paul, as they stayed together for that year, then we begin to see something change. Look at Acts 13, verse 46. For David, after he had served his own generation by the... I am 13... 46, Acts 13, 46. No, I'm sorry, I got the wrong one. But anyway, uh, 46, oh yeah, when Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, and then chapter 15, verse 35, 14, 35, Paul and Barnabas also remained in the... And you see what's happening here? There's a transition. At the beginning... Barnabas was listed first because he was the older saint. He was the leader of the team. And then what happened was he was selfless with his position. Paul is smarter than me. Paul can do so much more. He just backed up and let Paul take the lead. 40,000 fans were on hand in the Oakland Stadium when Ricky Henderson tied Lou Brock's career stolen base record. According to USA Today, Lou, who had left baseball in 1979, had followed Henderson's career and was excited about his success. Realizing that Ricky would set the new record, Brock said, I'll be there. You think I'm going to miss it now? Ricky did it in 12 years, what took me 19. He is amazing. But a lot of people said, don't you dare break my record. No, no, he was not selfless with his position of having that record. The real success stories in life are with people who can rejoice in the successes of others. What Lou Brock did in cheering on Ricky Henderson should be a way of life in the family of God. Few circumstances give us a better opportunity to exhibit God's grace than when someone succeeds and surpasses us in an area of our own strength and reputation. I remember uh, the Lord has given my wife and I the privilege of pastoring several churches and you know, we pastored this one church out in Iowa. It's out in the country. 
You know, you, you do and you labor and things, and it's a little dinky church, and we thought, well, this, uh, this church will probably survive, but I don't know how they're going to survive without me, that type of attitude. Well, we go on, and later on, we find that they get a young pastor in there, and he turns this thing around. They have an Awana program out in a town of 60 people. And they get a, a youth ministry, and it's growing, and it's vital, and they have an assistant pastor. And I, I never would have believed it happened, but I rejoice and thank God that the church is going and growing and doing much better. And I hope that we have that same attitude, that we're selfless with our position. We're encouraging others to, to take the lead and do things that we can't do in areas that are even our own areas of strength. Well, Barnabas, I just see him as that kind of an encourager. Notice at the end here the satisfaction of an encourager. As we think of Barnabas and as he worked with those believers up in Antioch, as we think of any child of God who's involved in any kind of ministry of encouragement, what is it that brings us satisfaction? What is it that gives us that joy, that lift? The first thing is the satisfaction of lifting other believers. The church in Jerusalem sent Barnabas, and Barnabas helped that church. He strengthened that church. And there's nothing more uh, satisfying to see that you are making a difference and encouraging people. You know, the one thing that we didn't mention here Paul and Barnabas went on a missionary journey, and they had tremendous success in the Lord. And at the beginning was Barnabas and Paul. Towards the end, it was Paul and Barnabas, and he just stepped back. And they took with them a guy by the name of John Mark. John Mark was Barnabas's, I think it's either cousin or nephew. He was a relative, and it got tough. It got tough. And so John Mark left the team. I don't know, it was just, just discouraged, maybe just too tough a persecution or whatever, he left them. Well, it was come time around Have they decided, Paul and Barnabas decided to, to go back to the churches that they had established to lift them up and see how things are going. And then during this time, Barnabas had been keeping tabs on John Mark, and he had encouraged him. He had, he had talked to him. He had just lifted him. And then come time to leave, Barnabas said, hey, let's... Uh, Let's take Mark with us along for the journey. Paul said, you mean the guy that deserted us? We're not going to take him. Oh, yeah, Paul, come on. Let's, I, I've been talking to this guy, and he's, he's changed. He, he's seen, oh, I'm not going to trust the guy that left us on the, in the lurch there and, and went his own way back home. I'm not going to do it. Oh, please, come on, Paul, let's do this. Well, if that's how you feel about it, we're going to have to split up. The, the tension was so strong that Paul took Silas and they went on that missionary journey and Barnabas, I'm going to get Mark. I'm going to take him. And you know what? Because of Barnabas' encouragement, Mark became somebody. Later on in the ministry, Paul wrote in one of the epistles, that, oh yeah, um, bring Mark. He is profitable. For me. He acknowledged that the work that Barnabas did in, in John Mark's life, and it was such a strong work of encouragement, you hold in your hands 
one of the books of Scripture written by that young man that one time burned out for the Lord. I want to tell you, don't write people off. Those who know the Lord that maybe have found that it's getting a little bit too tough, you and I as believers, we need to encourage them. There's the joy, the satisfaction of lifting up other believers, but there's also the satisfaction that encouragement has come full circle. Let me explain to you what is happening here at the end of chapter 11. There was a prophet that, that showed up in Antioch one day, and he pro predicted that there was going to be a famine in the land. And those up in Antioch would be less affected than those down in Judea. So they had received great encouragement from the churches in Judea, and Jerusalem had sent them Barnabas. And then they sent him Paul. Paul was from that group as well. And they said, we, we've been drinking in the encouragement from another church. Let's take up an offering. And it says in verse 30, in verse 29, then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea, in Jerusalem. This they also did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas. You see, they had received encouragement. Now they were giving encouragement. Has God been good to you? Has someone blessed you? Has someone come alongside and lifted your spirits? Now it's time for you and I to be an encourager. The Bible tells us that that is our responsibility. We need to release that to the Lord. Last week, I <clears throat> went over to, I uh, was going to cut my grass, you know, the once a month in the summer, in the wintertime uh, grass cutting we have to do down here. And I went over to pull out my lawnmower from under my lanai, and I pulled it out, and I went over to set on it, it's ready to start this thing, and it goes, click. And then it goes, nothing. For a brief moment, I thought about this. get my car, and I put around back, and then uh, I thought, uh, there probably might be an explosion or a fire or something like that. Have you ever had, have you ever lost power in your car, and you had to use these babies? I have had so many times. I got a couple pair of these, you know, just in case one of them, you know, and I keep them in the back of my car all the time. You never know. You see, what happens is, you get dead batteries. And what you do is you take one end of this and you stick it on the dead battery and then you take the other end of this and you get a good battery, maybe a car that's running and you hook it up there. I was going to have someone come up here, but I think these might hurt your earlobes or something <laughs> to get on there. But anyway, what you do is you, you take the dead battery and you put that on there and then you get it onto a, a healthy battery and then you wait a little bit and the juice starts flowing in between and all of a sudden you start it up and you revs and you're able to go, oh my friend, I want to tell you, there's a lot of God's people whose batteries are dead. They're so discouraged by the things that have happened in life and they're ba barely able to get a click and then it's you who have full batteries, that you are rejoicing what God has done. You have strong faith in the Lord. It's your duty to take 
your strong battery and connect it to their weak one and get them going on for the Lord. Oh, who do you know that maybe might need some of your juice? Who might need some of your encouragement? I challenge you to identify them. Come alongside them. Give them those words of encouragement. Give them that time that they might need. Give them that scripture verse that helped you humbly in lifting their spirits. You never know. You never know. You might find a John Mark. It'll turn out to be a strong force for God. Let's pray. Father.